that credit will essentially increase their tax obligation because it's reducing their wage expense. So they need to understand that they're going to need to put a portion of that back to pay the tax that they owe when they also amend their tax return. So there's a lot more than just payroll that goes into it as well. From Ray and Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a business and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization to grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, visit our website at www.raycpa.com podcast and sign up for updates. When you think of Labor Day, you might be thankful for a day off and thinking about spending time with family or relaxing. But did you know that the week of Labor Day annually is National Payroll Week? I know I didn't. Founded in 1996 by the American Payroll Association, National Payroll Week celebrates employees and the payroll professionals that pay them. While there may not be a better feeling than payday, do you know about the process that gets the money in your pocket? Our guest on today's episode of Unsuitable is Client Service Specialist and Payroll Services Manager here at Ray, Dee Gray. Dee helps businesses understand the future of their payroll and the systems behind their payroll. Welcome back to Unsuitable, Dee. Hi, Doug. Thanks for having me. It's always great to have you on because this is an area that just, I think it's more and more complicated, it seems, each and every year. Uh, You probably feel that way too, right? I do feel that way. I feel like the the mantra for 2020 and 2021 is change. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Um, But so much to know and and understand. Um, We'll get into some of that here. One of the hot topics, of course, recently that we've seen in the news with regard to payroll is, you know, tax treatment. Once everybody went obviously remote, there was um, kind of a, what what do I want to say, grandfathered period where we didn't, you know, we were still paying tax as if we were not remote. And, you know, now there's some change to that. So can you give us maybe a brief overview of, of where we stand with that and how payroll companies and payroll processors, uh, as well as consultants such as yourself, how do you deal with all of that? Sure. The the new legislation is interesting that the legislation that passed during COVID for municipalities specifically was that you could continue withholding workplace tax, regardless of whether your employees were working in the workplace or whether they were working remotely um, from some other taxable location or non-taxing location. That is all set to expire on December 31st, and businesses need to have a new plan going into 2022. Currently, it's actually optional. You can either continue to tax based on the workplace location or where your employees are working, but starting January 1st, you're going to have to tax the municipality where the employees are working, and that's going to be interesting for businesses to try to track that. Right. I mean, you think about it because we're all doing some type of kind of hybrid sort of thing, largely, you know, we're back in our, our offices, but, you know, still there's differing locales and, and we're still 
seeing some of that hybrid type of work in a lot of professional firms. So how do they figure all that out, right? And how do they run that through their payroll? Essentially, that can go one of two ways. Um, I I think that they're going to have an option to continue withholding the workplace tax based on where the business is located, but they're going to have to track the days that the employees are in that location versus some other taxing location. Mm -hmm. And uh, the employees, if For instance, if they work in a remote location from their home where there's no tax obligation, they could then request a refund from the taxing location based on the number of days worked at home versus in the office. Yeah. If they live in another taxing municipality, they're going to have to track that separately. I think that the businesses then are going to have to withhold based on the number of hours or the number of days worked in each business location, which for Ray and Associates can get kind of interesting because- even if you go to another office, then that opens up the liability for withholding in that office for the days that you work there. It hasn't done anything different for the casual entrant rule, though. So you still have 20 days to work in a municipality before you're obligated yeah. to withhold for that. Yeah, we see this, you know, a lot, of course, in in the construction client base that that I deal with. They're they're very used to this, but for a lot of firms, of course. Uh, where they were, you know, essentially centered in, in one locale. It's it, This is all new. So, yeah. and it's um, going to be a lot, big change. Absolutely. A lot for them to learn and, and try to adopt into their current uh, payroll systems. And as you said, you really almost have to do contact tracing for, for every employee, yes. uh, really. Yeah. So, you better, better be prepared uh, to do that from a system perspective, right? Yes, absolutely. Now, what are what are some of the other things that that we should be aware of? Obviously, we know the employee retention credit is is a big, big thing that we keep hearing about and and are trying to help a number of clients with. Can you speak a little bit to that and and how that impacts uh, payroll tax and and those types of things? Sure, uh, the employee retention credit is um, claimed on your form nine forty one, so it clearly does go through payroll. The the rules have changed between 2020 and 2021. The rules have changed between second quarter and third quarter of 2021. And it appears that the rules may be changing again, or it may even be ending um, at the end of the third quarter, except for uh, new startup businesses that qualified for it. So it's, it's constantly changing. I would say that employers, I would hope that they're aware of it. I would hope that they're consulting with a professional CPA firm that can help them navigate that because it is, um, you know, it's just ever changing. Right. Yeah. We started last year, right. With a a 50%, you had to have a 50% decline in in revenues uh, quarter over quarter. And then for this year, correct, it changed to 20%. It did change to 20%. And this year, the credit is up to 70% of each employee's wages, up to $10,000. And that's a per quarter credit, where in right. 2020, it was $5,000 for the whole year. Now it's $7,000 per quarter. So we're talking you know, large dollars for the employers that qualify. Um, yeah. But the flip side of that is they're going to owe tax on that money, you know, that, that credit has, will essentially increase their tax obligation because it's reducing their wage expense. So they need to understand that they're going to need to put a portion of that back 
to pay the tax that they owe when they also amend their tax return. So there's a lot more than just payroll that goes into it as well. Yeah. And you've got to be careful, of course, because you can't double dip those payroll costs with the the PPP forgiveness. And so that the calculation uh, with some of that can be a little more nuanced and sophisticated. I know we've spent, uh, and you've spent certainly a fair amount of time dealing with all those. But now, as you said, they're talking about using that, doing away with it for the fourth quarter this year as a pay for, for this infrastructure bill. So, right. So that hasn't gone through yet, but it'll be interesting to see where that goes because some people already know that they qualify for it, but it just may not be there for them to claim. Yeah. So let's let's uh, shift a little bit and talk about technology. What are some of the the big changes you've seen in technology in in recent years, and where do you see us going with that in terms of payroll and assistance with with all those um, types of things? Any any updates there? Well, uh, technology for the amended nine forty one returns is not terrific. The IRS does not. Um, except e-files for any amended returns. So you have to paper file and you have to send them in the mail and then they sit somewhere. Uh, one of the IRS calls that I was on within the last couple of months indicated that e-filing amended returns is one of the top things on their list to try to get through in the next year or two, which would be a real help. That would be an excellent technological benefit if we could file Absolutely. amended returns electronically. Yeah. The other things that we're seeing is with a more remote workforce, um, a lot of the employers are going to direct deposit, all direct deposit, the ability to check your pay stubs online. A, a lot of manufacturing firms have maybe lagged behind on that because the people that work there aren't necessarily technologically um, advanced and they've, they've wanted to hang on to their paper pay stubs. But the, the pandemic has changed a lot of that. Now they just want to get paid. And if right. that means that they have to learn how to use the internet to check their pay stubs, they're willing to do it. And employers are, are you know, pushing this out as a benefit for their employees. Yeah. And we see a lot of the big payroll processors out there. Have they um, continued to advance their technology along those lines and, and to assist companies with, you know, being able to do a lot of those things? Or they has, have has there not been much movement there? As far as being able to um, check your pay stubs online, direct deposit, pay cards, all of the big companies are doing that. What they're not doing is assisting their clients with amended returns or mm. um, you know, amending prior returns. And if they are yeah. assisting with that, it's cost prohibitive. Or they're um, referring them to another firm that that's all they're doing right now. And again, it's cost prohibitive. I would say if you have a contact, you know, with a CPA firm, I would definitely go with somebody that I know versus right. somebody that one of the big providers is recommending. Yeah. Now with I know in the construction world, for example, there's a lot of there's been a lot of technological advance with wearables and things like that. So at job sites and and places like that, time is tracked, you know, it's it's just automatic now. And, you know, okay, this person spent two hours and 15 minutes over here doing this and, you know, 45 minutes then over here to the point where they can really allocate wage costs and and payroll and and do all those things. I, I mean, have you seen a lot of that 
morphing uh, into other industries as well, manufacturing or distribution? Actually, not a lot, honestly. Most of the manufacturers are at a fixed site, so they don't find it necessary to pay for that type of of detail. I, I do think that it's interesting. I think that it's interesting that the way that it could keep time based on job sites could be different than what you need to track for the municipal withholding. So in the background, they have to have multiple um, systems that are working with this so that you can pull data for payroll this way and data for job costing this way. Um, There there are a lot of technological advances. 10 years ago, you wouldn't have been able to, to do that automatically. You would have had to manually calculate all of that. Yeah, I know it It helps a lot when we have folks that are doing, say, prevailing wage calculation mm-hmm. because, you know, certain parts may be prevailing wage, certain parts may not. And as you said, rather than kind of manually allocating that uh, to the extent you can automate it, you know, so much the better. But of course, as you noted, it's it's not cheap uh, right. either. Uh, but, you know, in some ways it all feels you know, a little bit big brotherish too, but I, I get it. Uh, I'd, I'd read there are a couple of companies that, and, and I would never do this. I couldn't imagine, but I know there's a company in Wisconsin that actually did implants in their employees to track their, it was a very technologically advanced company, obviously. And they had a lot of stuff that needed to be very secure, but you know, it was, they, they did these little implants in all their employees so they could track exactly when and where they were at all times. And that's how they got access to certain parts of the facility. I mean, that just, when I hear I about stuff that like that, disturbing. I know it's like, you know, Hey, okay. I mean, I'm all for, I, I love my firm and, and, and all that, but you know, we're, we're you're getting into some dangerous territory with some of this technology, right? I agree with that. Now I will say some of the manufacturing companies are, are using the biotechnology, like fingerprints to clock in and out, yeah. you know, just in, in order to avoid somebody clocking in for their buddy or uh, stuff like that. So I am seeing that type of technology moving forward, but yeah, I think that there is a line to be drawn. Right. Yeah. I, th- I definitely uh, think so as well, but it's just, it's interesting when you, you know, you just, you can take all this, um, you know, just, it's exponential the the advances that we see in in all these different technologies and if you continue to sort of think ahead boy it's it's yeah it's it's amazing what what it can can't do absolutely <laughs> so what else uh in terms of payroll payroll processing what else should our business owners be aware of out there what can they do to make their lives um, you know, easier and more efficient when it comes to this? I would say another thing that should be on their radar, it's back to the remote workforce. It's not only municipal tax that you have to be concerned about, but it's also state tax. And if you have employees that are working in other states where you traditionally have not had a physical presence, it can open you up to nexus for actual tax filings to be done in that state. So it's, it's really easy to say, you know, yeah, we have the technology, we can work from anywhere now, but you have to really consider the ramifications in the background. Nobody wants to get caught with a big tax bill that they didn't know was coming because they've missed some obligations created by having a remote workforce. Yeah, that's, that's a, a great point as well. And certainly I know our, our state and local tax team has been 
very busy uh, trying to counsel clients uh, through that that process to recognize the the risk that they may have. And okay, let's how, how are we going to deal with that? Uh, as you said, does it create nexus or you know what what should we do? But you, right. you don't want to be thing- caught. The one thing that kind of gets lost in the wayside is workers' comp coverage. If you're mm-hmm. an Ohio employer, only your employees in Ohio are covered on your policy. Now, Ohio right. does have the option to add other states' coverage onto your policy, but it's not automatic. You have to go through a process. It's actually, I think, insured by Zurich Insurance Company. So it's it's essentially a rider on your policy. Or you can, in most states, get private insurance through your um, insurance carrier. But it seems like that one is something that people are a couple of months down the road going, oh, gosh, I didn't even think about that. What do I need to do with workers' comp? Yeah, and you don't want to be unprotected when it comes to that. Don't want to be unprotected. That that would be uh, very, very dangerous. But, yeah, and that's a great point, too, because, of course, Ohio operates very differently than than any other state when it comes to to workers comp as as you suggested so yes yeah it's it's an ever complex world so that's fascinating stuff well d what else anything that as we think about some maybe couple of parting uh words of wisdom for our business owners out there uh that that they should really be focused on and make sure they're in contact with a professional payroll consultant such as yourself I would say Ohio is releasing new tax tables that actually take effect September 1st. So if you're manually calculating your uh, your payroll for any reason, you'll need those updated tax tables. Um, I believe Ohio has a minimum wage increase coming again in January. So maybe find a blog, find a website that you trust, just try to stay on top of the changes because they don't stop coming. They don't. It keeps you. It keeps you and your team very busy. That's I know, right. and you're such a tremendous resource for us, uh, for our clients, and and others. When we have uh, payroll questions, we we know who to call. So we're we're glad to have you and and the team as as part of our team for sure. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Well, great to talk to you uh, again, Dee, and we'll, I'm sure, have you on again because, as you said, there's just so much changing and uh, so much going on that um, owners need to be aware of and, and make sure they're on top of. So, um, look forward to having you on again. All right. Thank you, Doug. Yes. And if you want uh, more business tips and insight or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, please visit our podcast page at www.racecpa.com slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another Unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 